hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Follow the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, connecting with innovation, modems, routers, whatever you need, netgear.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me each and every week, the other bloke, Talking Tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How's things? Cracking week. A busy week, um, you know, with the iPhone coming out. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about with that. Plus, it's cameras, gaming, and uh, a few-minute review. So we'll get straight into it. And the last time we spoke, it was uh, very, very early morning. It was just hours after the uh, Tim Cook and Phil Schiller announcement of the iPhone 5. So, you know, with the benefit of time, now up our sleeve and... The um, dust has settled a little bit. Yeah, the dust has settled. I think it's it's good to reflect quickly on that and, and look at what's actually coming up. I mean, it, it's funny, mate, and, and I don't mind you and I probably talking about the fact that, you know, we've, we've done a lot of radio interviews in the last week about this because it is the one thing that everyone wants to talk about. And I think for me, the, the question I'm getting is, why would I get one? What's different? And, um, you know, the dock adapter is probably the big thing for me. And, and the way I've answered that predominantly is, look, it, it isn't a, a remarkably different phone. You know, it looks similar. Um, it is as good as the iPhone 4S in terms of, you know, that it's, it's the same operating system and all those different things. But what I've been saying to people is, look, the minute you pick it up in your hand, is when you'll be blown away. The quality of the build and the lightness of this product is literally going to blow people's minds when when we compare it to what we know of, of that lightweight kind of feel. And we talked about it last week, the, the Samsung the, Galaxy S2. And, and like you, I've done a gazillion radio interviews about it and people have been asking me on Twitter and on, on through Tech Guide, why, what are the, why should I get it? Mm. Some, some guy said, give me five reasons why... What are the top five reasons to get it? I'd struggle and to get five. Said, well, thinner, lighter, faster, 4G, bigger screen. Uh, I think that's five or six, whatever yeah, I gave him. Five, but, um, yeah. I think you're right. Once once people get this in their hand, I think the bigger screen is is obviously an attraction. The you know, 4G, that, that's the big tick for yeah. me. That, that's what mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to using, 4G on an iPhone. Uh, but you've got to remember, too, you're going to get iOS 6 on this phone as yep. well, which, yep. which by the time people are listening to this podcast would have been released for all other iPhone mm-hmm. users. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drop early Thursday morning. We're talking on a Wednesday night. So by the time you're hearing this, you've probably got iOS 6 on your iPhones, mm-hmm. uh, which is good news for everybody. But... Yeah, you know, everyone's saying, well, and and you and I said, sort of mentioned this. We kind of knew what we were going to get. You yep. know, the the, the rumours were were kind of right, uh, but yet still, people are lining up already. There's people camping outside the store already, been there for a day already, and the pre-sales they've set a record, two million pre-orders. So, people saying, well, so what? But you know, the, the, check that out. There's people already waiting and it's broken records. Hasn't even been out yet. You know, and I think it's good to reflect. The iPhone 4, two years ago, 600,000 units in the first 24 hours pre-sold. The iPhone 4S, a little over a million in the first 24 hours. And the iPhone 5, over 2 million in the first 24 hours. And don't kid yourself, 
every single mobile phone company in the world would love to have those numbers. Absolutely. This, the thing about this is, um, there, and I, I've said to people this week, there's actually a Holden versus Ford thing going on here. You know, some people are just Holden people, some people are just Ford people, and that will be the, way, the lay of the land in terms of Samsung versus Apple. And we talked about this last week. It really does put Samsung and Apple as, as the top two. But what I've said to people is, look, the, the fact is that, that Apple, and I watched some videos, the Apple videos here, looking at the construction of this thing, the quality is, is just unbelievable. Of the product, that's what you expect, though, don't you? From that, that, that's that's a, a no-brainer from Apple. But um, you, you mentioned before, who's going who's going to buy it? Why should I buy it? Mm. I think it, it, you mentioned the iPhone four users. Remember, they've been using their phones yeah. for two years now. They are waiting for their their contracts ran out in July if they got it straight away on release. So they're they're hanging for a new phone. I think people people new to smartphones, they may look at the iPhone next to say the Galaxy S three. And be attracted by the larger screen on the Galaxy S3. They Definitely. think, well, big is better. I think the majority of people obviously coming out of another iPhone, iPhone 4, 4S, maybe even as back as 3GS, are going to naturally gravitate towards the iPhone 5. Definitely. They're in the ecosystem and they want to stay in there. So I think they're the, they're the majority of people who are going to be plonking down their money on day one are the mm. Apple diehards. What's the reaction you've had talking on the radio about to the dock connector? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty mainly negative, I think, because there's just such a massive uh, industry out there to support the traditional 30-pin dock connector. But uh, my answer to that to them was, oh, that's terrible. They were reacting really badly to it. But my reaction is, well, look, Apple, it, you know, Apple created this world and they kind of control it. Like if it wasn't for Apple making this thing in the first place, this wouldn't exist. So we've got to sort of dance to their song in this case. Now, they've made it smaller. Then I don't think it's going to take long to adapt. And speaking of adapting, there will literally be adapters to help you do it. I think the Apple adapter is 35 bucks, but I reckon there's a, there's a cargo, mm. there's, a, there's a few containers <laughs> on their way from China right now that have already been copied and ready to sell for, for $5. So I don't think it's going to be a massive issue. If you're new to it, there'll be a lot of new product out. But there'll be adapters everywhere. I think, and I just remind, and I've probably said this 16 times on this show, but I just remind people that this is about a bigger vision for Apple, and this is what I've tried to say on the radio this week is, yeah, okay, so it's different. But think of what Apple's trying to do here. They're trying to create an easy charging situation, and the reversible nature of that plug will impress people. But they're also trying to move to a wireless ecosystem where... Products that you buy to stream music to will be wireless. You'll have AirPlay. And you'll find very few systems released over the next two years that aren't, aren't leaning towards AirPlay well, wireless streaming. In fact, Phil Schiller made a point of that. Just yeah. just in the slide before he announced the lightning plug, he did mention the fact that there's now AirPlay, wireless, Bluetooth, you know, streaming, all this, all these things that we traditionally needed a cable for and now just zooming through the air. And, uh, you know, now with 802.11ac just around the corner, well, it's already here with some routers. The devices will support it soon. Uh, the cable's just going to be used to charge the thing rather than doing anything else. Just back to sales, um, the the thing on the Apple website, I was on a Friday night, the black um, black slate version was sold out on the first day. You know, it was two to three week yeah. delay then um, on, the, on the first night. So that's literally probably four to five hours sold out. And the white version by the following morning was sold out. And pre-orders through Telstra sold out uh, um, earlier in the week. So it, 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 the pre-order, so if you want one on Friday, you are now required required to line up at an Apple store or some other cheeky ways that, that we probably could tell people, but there are other ways to get them on Friday, but uh, it is going to be tough now on Friday. 
Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, well, we'll both be down there so, to uh, to see this and report on it. It's it's always it's always a big thing. And what I like about this time is the fact that because of the time difference, Australia is again a tier one country to get the iPhone, same day as the US, Canada, all the big countries. Hmm. And because of the time difference, I think New Zealand is actually next week they're getting the phone. So Australia will be the first country in the world yep. to get their hands on the iPhone five, and that that gives us a bit of a window. I like to put up my story saying Australia's already got it. My YouTube videos of the launch normally go pretty well because a lot of American people check it out as well. It's a bit of a cause, a bit of a buzz. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the US actually like the fact that us Aussies are getting it ahead of them, but no. tough luck. The, the, the last thing I'll say to you, and it's interesting, we'll go back to the 4G. I found it very interesting that probably 50% of the conversations I've had on the radio about this this week have said to me, what is 4G and why <laughs> is it better? And that says a lot to me about how far we've got to go still in terms yeah. of marketing that but, product. But it's funny though. But Apple's products tend to educate people though. Mm. And whenever they put something in a product and people think, well, hang on, I better learn what this is. I think the same thing is going to happen when they put NFC, NFC in the product. Yep, exactly. It isn't, isn't, isn't in this one, but when they do it, it's almost as if NFC becomes official because a lot of people, they take notice of it now that, because Apple are doing it. That, that's how a lot of people react, not how you and I react. We see it on a lot of other products, but there's a lot of customers out there, consumers who just they, they hear, the, hear you know, read the headlines and, and, and see all the coverage and think, well, okay, if Apple are doing it, then it must be important. All right, the iPhone 5. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be 24 hours away or even already available. And uh, we'd love to know whether you got one, whether you pre-ordered one or how you went about it. So uh, get in touch. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick with a PH uh, on Twitter as well. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We have mentioned uh, in uh, in our conversations about the iPhone 5 that the real contenders now in the smartphone market, it's pretty much against, there's the big two. There's, you've got Apple with the iPhone, mm-hmm. iPhone 5, and in the other corner, in the blue corner, you're going to see Samsung's Galaxy S3. Now, now yep. the fact that there's going to be a 4G version in the market for Telstra and Optus as well, uh, it's going to be a real smartphone smackdown. Now, with that in mind, Samsung have, have launched a whole new wave of ad advertising in fact they've just re- they've just put booked ads on tech guide they've done a background a, a banner ad uh, really sort of going putting the message out there that there is a galaxy s3 still out there now with that in mind samsung actually put out a bit of a cheeky ad earlier this week uh, and it was basically a head-to-head comparison of the two devices mm. and, and it's quite cheeky the headline said it doesn't take a genius dot 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 in referring to obviously the apple geniuses they had the iphone uh, blank iphone with just a black screen the gs3 on the other side and going down the 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 page they had listed head to head all the features now once the iphone's features ended then samsung had like about 15 other features that the galaxy s3 included that weren't on the iPhone 5, Hmm. uh, which I thought was quite cheeky. I think they just want to remind people that they're still out there. The funny thing <laughs> that I mean, it has been quite viral that that Samsung ad, and it's it's smart. You know, it doesn't take a genius and all those things. And on their Facebook page, they did a lot of that in the in the lead up. They they had ads in, in the in the time leading up to the launch, saying the next big thing is already here, and all this kind of stuff. But what I found re- <laughs> really interesting today was on the Samsung Mobile USA Facebook page, they put a thing up saying, you know, on a on a if you could only take one electronic device to a deserted island, what would it be? And I don't want to break it to them, but that was a stupid question to ask because so many people said iPhone 5. 
<laughs> and even now, Whoops. even now, Shooting I'm looking myself in the foot just there. I'm looking at the, the the post they put up on this on Facebook on Monday, so a while ago, saying the next big thing's already here. It doesn't take a genius to say why. Showing that ad, and there's you know five thousand comments there, and and so many people saying I love the iPhone. You know, yeah. I want an iPhone. You know, it's. I don't know. It's just a, it's a bit risky for them, but I guess they are taking it head to head. They're not lying about who their competitor is. So yeah. good on but them for trying. Let me ask you one other thing, though. And you, you, I've seen comments come through Tech Guide, through my Tech Guide Facebook page, and just in other forums and other places around. There's still a, there's still quite a a pro Android anti Apple feeling oh, out yeah. there. Oh yeah. I think one of the comments I posted. I wrote the story about the two million pre-orders broke the record and someone commented on that Facebook post their one word comment was I dummies so there's a lot of people out there who uh, they, they, they look down their noses at, at iPhone adorers mm. uh, iPhone lovers and there's still quite a strong feeling that Android uh, already has all these features that Apple are proclaiming to be these whiz bang new features they've been on Android for a couple of years now so there's, I, I think Samsung are hoping to tap into that sentiment and and get those people on side. They're pro- probably already on side, but I think they want to try make that wave grow even bigger. No doubt whatsoever. So it's all happening, Samsung versus Apple, and I think the next few months are going to be very interesting to see how that, uh, that Galaxy S3 continues to sell. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, um, we, we talked last week about the Optus and Telstra 4G networks, and we should quickly say, too, that uh, Vodafone announced that they, they've upgraded a lot of their network to 3G HSDPA+, which means dual channel, which is good, and they announced that 4G was coming early next year. But Opt, uh, Optus went one step further, and I was in Melbourne, oh, Christ, when was it? Yesterday, and a lot of, lot of billboard ads down there. Um, Optus has extended their 4G network to Melbourne now, turning it on um, a radius of 10Ks from the CBD, which is not as big as Telstra, but certainly that's the that's the key area. So Sydney, Perth, Newcastle, and now Melbourne on the Optus 4G footprint. That's a pretty important thing to turn on in the week that the iPhone 5 4G is launching. Uh, and also the week before the 4G Galaxy S3 is also available to Optus as well. You remember mm. they're, they're making, yep. they're going to have a version of that as well. So, yeah, I think it was very timely. I think there was a few engineers that got a phone call saying, you've got until September the 20th or so the week of the September the, the 21st, whatever they said, hurry up. Get, <laughs> I get, think they had to, get they had your to move it on. to get, get it your... done first because they did come out with just Sydney, Perth and Newcastle. No mention of Melbourne a few weeks ago. No. But uh, suddenly, Melbourne is now online, 4G, up and running. I think there was a few all-nighters they pulled down there, some Optus engineers, but good on them, uh, just in time for the iPhone 5 and the Samsung Galaxy S3 4G. Perfect timing, and uh, that's the kind of thing that Optus needs to do to keep up with Telstra in the race for 4G. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we were reflecting before the show, there was no shortage of uh, digital camera press releases this week. Uh, there was a flood of them in my inbox, as there were in yours, Trevor. But the reason being is that at the moment, Photokina is on. That's the world's largest trade show for the photographic and in- imaging industries. It's, only, it's held every two years in Cologne in Germany. Uh, and one of, the, one of the highlights that caught my eye was Canon's new range uh, of PowerShot cameras. But they're also they've got a new EOS 6. 
6D digital SLR. The uh, this is this is sort of obviously one up from the 5D, but they made it a little bit more budget friendly, uh, with a lot of the same features inherited from the 5D, including the excellent full HD uh, movie video recording, mm. uh, and as well as uh, uh, obviously quality and creativity options for your photo enthusiast. Yeah, I mean, it's an important time because, you know, so many cameras in the market and it's so hard to buy through this. But, you know, even the, the PowerShot range, uh, you know, the G15, stuff like that, these are, these are really nice little camera, that G15, don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. Well, the, the G15 is the sort of camera that you kind of high-end amateur will sort of use and be really creative with, but it's also the, the sort of camera that maybe a professional will carry around in their pocket as their, as their high-quality compact. Does but that compete What with... I like about the PowerShot range, uh, there's several choices there. there. There's ones that have got Wi-Fi. I think the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the S, S10, S110 has, has got Wi-Fi, uh, so you can do wireless printing and sharing. Uh, there's, there's also, I think, the SX. 50 with the 50 times optical zoom. There's GPS included in some of them as well. So they've really taken the power shot range to another level uh, and, and really put a powerful camera in your pocket. These are, these are kind of the, on the compact side, but the power shot brand is a very popular one and Canon are going to win a lot more fans with these this range. It's getting towards that time of year where it's getting warmer, we're getting out, we're going on holidays, and this is the time of year when we're either buying our new cameras or taking our existing cameras out and using a lot of pictures. I read a stat somewhere that apparently we take four times as many photos in the warmer months, even about five or six times more in the warmer months than we do uh, in, during the wintertime. So mm. a great time to be releasing a camera. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that some of the key things, it used to be all about megapixels and stuff, but now the autofocus time, like again, back to the G15, they talk about the autofocus time of 0.17 seconds, the world's fastest. And it was only yeah. you know, a year and a bit ago, we were at the Olympus launch, they were talking about the same thing. So it's that competitive nature of this market is just unbelievable and, and so Absolutely. difficult. And, and you know, I like Canon, whenever they do, and we're gonna, I'm going to post uh, the 650D review, uh, my good friend Chris Oten, a professional photographer who does mm. my camera reviews, he po- he sent me the 650D review and I said, what about the RRP? And he goes, no, Apple, uh, Canon don't release it. Mm. They just say it's uh, well suggested prices by the retailers, but see because they don't want people jumping on the internet and doing comparison shopping to buy it online rather than from their local dealers here. Mm. So I found that really interesting. There, there were no prices listed, of course, for these new this new Canon range either. They're going to start appearing mid September uh, to late October. So keep your eye out for them, but you'll probably have to venture into a store to find out the pricing. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, the people to see when you need networking in your home or small business. And the power of networking brings the power to your, to your devices. Uh, this is about connecting every single device in your home or small business to each other because the, the devices become more powerful when they are talking to each other, especially when you've got something like a home network storage, network attached storage, they call them NAS. Um, you put all your files, your photos, your videos there, and, and you find that it's, if it's connected well to your network through a Netgear router and, and shared across the network, you can do things like TVs that have enabled DLNA or looking at those photos on your, on your mobile devices. All those things are possible when you have the great connectivity within your home that Netgear can offer you, whether it's uh, connecting devices or extending your Wi-Fi across the home or just getting you on the internet. Netgear.com.au, the place to go for all the solutions in networking. Netgear.com.au.
Now, a little way through the day today, um, Sony announced a, a brand new PS3. So the PlayStation 3 has been around for a while now, and it's actually gone through a couple of iterations already. But this thing is uh, is is a, is a nice looking device, a lot thinner than the big bulky thing that we've got now. Um, but I'm, I'm reading, and you may not be across this yet, mate, because I know you've been busy with your daughter's graduation. But what's this? Do you know much about the scenario around the the different configurations that we may yes, be getting in Australia? Actually, uh, I wrote this story ready to post uh, before I went to the graduation, so I'm going to put this up late tonight. But um, the new PS3, the P- original PS3 came out in 2006. Mm. Uh, this new model is actually the third model that we've seen. Uh, there was a, a smaller model, ca- I think, came out 2009 from memory, but. This this model, the latest model, is actually less than half the size mm. of the original, the, the 2006 original, 20% smaller than the most recent smaller device. There's going to be two models, 500 gig capacity, which will be $399.95, and a, and a new 12 gig flash memory model that you can then supplement with an external hard drive if you want more memory. And uh, they're going to release from September the 27th for the 500 gig and in mid-October for the 12-gig uh, flash flash memory version. So the, the point of the 12-gig flash memory version is for people like me who don't really use a lot of saved data, but you know if they need it, they can add it in? That's right, yeah. Well, it, it, the 500 gigs obviously an, an all-you-can-eat kind of scenario where mm. you can put your content on there. You can really use it as an entertainment hub. The other version, the 12-gig flash version, will be for your, your game saves and just, just little things like that. But if you did want to add your content to it, uh, the, the Sony press release said that there's going to be a 250-gig external hard drive that you can plug in. I'm not sure whether you can only use the Sony version mm. or whether you can just bring along your own version. I'm not sure how that's going to work. The press release wasn't quite clear on that, but I'm sure we'll find out more. It'd be good if you could just bring your own uh, uh, your own external hard drive. Otherwise, if you're locked into the PlayStation system, you might as well just buy the 500 gig version. It's a nice looking unit though. I mean, I, I think the, the PlayStation 3 has always been a stylish looking thing, but geez, it's it was big and bulky. I mean, the one I'm, look, I'm looking at one sitting next to me here, and I also hate the fact that the, the new one still does. It's that rounded shape, and it's like you can't put anything else on top of it if you've got yeah. multiple devices. But <laughs> That's true, isn't it? But I think with the new one, for those who haven't seen it yet, the the first two models of the PS3 had the slot loading, so you put your disc in the front, and it would just pull it into the system. Yep. Uh, from from what I'm reading with this one, I've, so I've got the image here in front of me. There, there's a, a slot. The disc cover actually slides open, so where it says PS3, that's slides to the left of the unit you pop in the game disc then uh, in the top of the of the of the the console yeah. and then that slides over the top and then you start playing your game so i think they by taking the slot loading disc drive that saved a bit of space a bit of weight mm-hmm. uh but i th- i was hoping and this again was released in to coincide with the tokyo game show which has just kicked off as well but i was hoping we'd see a ps4 uh mm-hmm. rather than just a, a third ps3 yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you know, they, they, you you got to be careful not to you know update too often. But six years is a long time, so um, you know the general premise of the device remains the same. But I guess you know Xbox don't look like launching one anytime soon. So maybe next year's the year for the for the next generation consoles from both Sony and Microsoft. 
I think so too. Yeah, I think uh, Sony and Microsoft might be having some uh, some backroom talks. Saying, look, oh, we won't do ours if you won't. <laughs> so they're probably both holding off. But I do know that when the PS3 did come out uh, in 2006, it was quite uh, they they left quite a bit of headroom there with a really fast sell processor uh, and just for game developers to really take it to the limit. And we're seeing still some tremendous games. It's still a Blu-ray player, of course, as well. Uh, we're seeing a lot lot of high quality games uh, with the PS3. So I think the next version, the PS4, is going to have to pack a lot, a solid punch to improve on this one. Read about the PlayStation 3 new slimmer version at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. While on the subject of gaming, Trevor, I think it uh, would be remiss of us not to mention the Nintendo, the new console, the Wii U. Now, mm. the original Wii came out a few years ago now. Uh, it was hugely popular, but the Wii U has come out and it's really taken it into a, to an all-new level. For, for a start, it's going to be a high-definition console. Uh, so finally, Nintendo are going to bring their games into the high definition category. But what's interesting about it is the new game pad. You can still use, I think, the traditional movement controllers, the movement sensitive controllers. But with the new product, which ships on November the 30th here in Australia, uh, you'll get a game pad. Now, what, what sets the game pad apart? It's got its own screen. It's got a seven-inch screen mm. on, on the actual controller, so it can work in conjunction with the TV. Or if, say, the wife's watching something on the, on the TV and you can only play, you, you, you can't use the TV, you can actually play the game on the controller. Yeah, so it's kind of like bringing the tablet to the, to the console gaming. to the. It's, this, it's funny because if you looked at this, in isolation, you'd say, what the hell are they doing? But they, they really did smash it out of the ballpark with the Wii, and that was unexpected. So perhaps this is a style of gaming that will also be somewhat unexpected as a second screen kind of situation. Well, I think developers are going to have a field day with this because imagine having that supplementary screen on top of what you're seeing on the TV. The second screen could be a whole, like some other information, maybe another another part of the game that you need to keep an eye on. Like, for example, if you're playing Call of Duty, uh, the, 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 game, the, the gamepad screen could be your map, mm. whereas the screen is the action in front of you. So there's things that they'll be using like that. It's actually a 6.2-inch screen, by the way, not 7. It's a touch screen as well. So uh, the, on launch day, you can, you'll be able to see Super Mario, the new Super Mario Brothers, FIFA 13, Zombie U, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 when it comes out in November. Uh, well, it'll actually be out already when the console is released late November. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 is early November. Uh, Mass Effect 3 Special Edition. So developers are going to have a really interesting time uh, engaging that other screen, using that uh, to enhance the gameplay. Just um, excuse my ignorance because I see the Wii as this kind of fun console-y thing, you know, Mario Kart and all the you know, interactive games. Has Call of Duty always been available on the Wii? Yes, it has. Oh, yes, okay. it has, and it's been uh, obviously not the the hardcore no. online gamers are usually on either a PS3. They're normally on the Xbox. That's mm. most popular online. But no, there has been versions available on the Wii. But more, I think it's more for we whoever owns a Wii. They're not if they're not right into Call of Duty. If they are into Call of Duty, they'll be playing it on a PS3 or an Xbox. Yep. But the people, so the people who buy Call of Duty for the Wii, it's kind of just like a bit of a hit and giggle type of game. They use the the, the movement controllers. They got to hold the gun up like a real gun. Uh, I think it's just sort of to get into that world, but not if you're really deep into, into Call of Duty, you're playing it on a PS3 or an Xbox or a PC. I don't know anyone that's like that at all. Um, <laughs> if you want to see the Wii U, you can check out the photos of the, of the second screen, the touchpad device and, and the unit itself at techguide.com.au. 
Now, the minute reviews, Stephen, and we're going to spice it up this week. I'm going to have a crack. I don't know how I'll go, but I'll give it a go. So you go first, mate. Minute review, the top field PVR. Yeah, well, start the clock, Trevor. Top field TRF 2470 PVR, personal video recorder. Now, this isn't your ordinary set-top box recorder. This is a quad-channel recorder. So it's got twin tuners but can still record up to four channels. Let me explain how it does it. It works on channel frequency. Now, there is a catch. This channel frequency means that if you're watching the nine suite of channels, in, you know, in other words, nine, gem, go, mm-hmm. uh, extra, you can record two of those within that same channel frequency. So then if you're over on 10, you might watch 1, 11, 1, 8, uh, channel 10 itself, or on the ABC, you can record two of those channels as well. So technically it is a four-channel recorder on the same channel frequency, two at a time. You can't do 2, 7, 9, and 10, unfortunately, but you can do two of those programs, not four. Uh, the design, it's very plain design. One thing I found with it, though, really fast. It changes channels really quickly. Very, very Spartan menu system. You don't expect any kind of Apple design awards here. Uh, one thing on the performance, though, uh, it, it's excellent for recording, but it was so bloody noisy. This thing had a really overzealous fan is what I called it in my review. $549. Great recorder. Great for playbacks. Bury it in your entertainment system so you can't hear it. Three and a half stars I gave it on Tech Guide. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We'll get the clock rolling. The Lenovo X1 Carbon is uh, my uh, review for this week. Um, I've been a big fan of the X1, which was released a little over a year ago. It was a really rugged Good quality laptop from Lenovo, but they've taken an upper step this year with the X1 Carbon. This is made with carbon fiber framework in it, so it's lighter. This is Ultrabook category now, much thinner than the original X1. Solid state drive, and amazingly, you take your X1, it's a smaller device in form, in width, and dimensions, every dimension, but the screen is bigger. I've got to tell you, this is my pick of laptops, especially in the Ultrabook category. If you're a professional and you travel at all, you're on the road with 3G built in, the rugged nature of the thing, you can stand on it, you can drop it, it's got a, a very, very strong screen. This is the this is the laptop of choice. It's an Ultrabook, and it's probably the pick of the Ultrabook range, I would suggest. It will retail around $1,500 to $1,600 at the entry level, up to you know two grand and more if you spec it up, and you can check out those specs at lenovo.com.au, but for me, the X1 Carbon's a cracking product and, and a great Ultrabook demonstrating that Ultrabooks don't need to be just sexy little things. They can be quality products as well. And there we go, episode 82 in the can, my friend. Uh, it's a big week. We've got uh, Apple on Friday morning to check out how many people, we'll call them people, but they are crazy, um, line <laughs> up around the block. People, let's call them. Dedicated, yes. And uh, and that'll be interesting to see how things go. And it's interesting to see the reaction from people over the weekend as the iPhone 5. Thanks yeah. for the chat, they're, mate. They're talking, it's gonna, they, they reckon it's going to sell between 8 to 10 million before the end of September. Unbelievable. We'll soon see if that is actually the case. You can read everything Stephen has to say and do at techguide.com.au and you can listen to my podcast at yourtechlife.com and of course Stephen has his regular weekly Tech Guide podcast at techguide.com to you as well. All thanks to the good people at Netgear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.